0: It's a different philosophy for a lot of us, you know, in the West, it's always more, 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 no pain, no gain. So when we all first do yoga, it that's, there's usually that natural, it takes a while to work through all those, all those habits. But then we start to have these discoveries and then over time, then, you know, the hope is if we can have, we can find a balanced yoga practice and then we can be more balanced in in, in our lives. That's, 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 that's the hope.
1: welcome back to the max out show where i'm joined today by the former nfl kicker and owner of amazing yoga sean conley after his nfl career the detroit lions the colts and the new york jets was cut short by an injury sean had to create a new identity for himself and now teaches yoga to hollywood actors the pittsburgh steelers and thousands of people around the world so sean welcome to the show uh thanks for having me max excited to be here I'm super excited to have you because you are this this true underdog story on and your, your, your life and your story really showed that you know what you had to go through in order to achieve your dreams is really absolutely crazy. So to get started here, I really want to take you back to this punt, pad, punt pass or kick contest at age eight, after which you decided, I want to go play at the NFL. Uh, so can you take us back to a moment and tell us like where did that drive come from, from such an early age?
0: Yeah, that, um, you know it's it's interesting that, 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 that the town I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. It's a, it's a it's a I guess you could say a small, medium sized uh, town in Pennsylvania, which is uh, just obsessed with sports uh and mainly football. So, you know, my father was a like a really good athlete in high school. He had a chance to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates in Major League Baseball. But like this is back in like the fifties where he would have made more money in the army than he would for baseball. So yeah. he actually decided to uh uh he was he you know he had helped break you know you know pay the bills. My his father passed away so he went to the army. But he was really in into sports and so that's what got me into it. And you know for me at the time, you know, a young kid that that to me that's what i thought was like you made it like if you could become a professional athlete you know you made it as as a, as a man and you know you know growing up and so that that was part of the drive but more than that though was to me it was just it was like just the beauty of the game. So whenever I played sports, especially football, it was just something that really, really helped me feel like I was doing what you know what what I what I was here to do. And I had a uh, at a young age, I was diagnosed with 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 ADD, and they now call it of course ADHD, and that also really you know drove me in good ways and bad ways and good and good ways because i would i would practice 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 and bad ways because also i would be very uh hard on myself as well so that was that's kind of kicked off my journey where i was you know obsessed to make you know
1: yeah that's so amazing i'm so fascinated by this dark side of obsession you know we t- always talk mm-hmm. about the good sides the you know focusing on how amazing it's going to feel the focusing on a dream but it's also this huge dark side that is oftentimes overlooked. So can you tell us about those moments, this, this idea that, you know, after losses, for example, you felt worthless sometimes, you write about it in your book, and how, like, essentially you tie your identity into, you know, I'm good or bad based on how I perform on the, on the field.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked to other athletes about this as, as well. And it, it's funny when we watch athletes on TV, they seem like they just have it all together. but you know, the, the real world is, is they're, they're not like they're, they're going through self doubt. Like all of us, they're going through uh, challenges with their self esteem, their, their worth, their confidence. And, you know, so that that was something that I wrote a lot. Like, like you said, like, you know, if when I would make a kick, when I'd make a field goal, I felt like, okay, I I got it. But then I would, uh, my mind would sometimes quickly fast forward to what happens if I miss the next kick. Now all of a sudden, you know, my job is is not secure anymore, and I could be gone. So, it, 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 I tried to you know work that that balance a lot and not get too high and and not get too low. But it was very difficult for me to not separate, you know, uh, being a football player from from who I was. And because my journey was so long, from you know age eight until my mid twenties for seventeen years, that's why I thought I I always was. I was a football player, and then you know fast forward when it ended. That, that could be tough thinking, well, that's who you are, but now who are you? And so I went through that struggle, what a lot of people do, like what's what's, what's, what's next, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure, no, I can totally relate. i, I ran run cross country track and field, o- also over in the US for college. And it was the same thing, right? One, one race or, or one good workout or one bad workout would essentially define how good or bad that day or that week or a month or mm-hmm. year even was. And, and so sort of can really take these extreme measures, and it's especially in, in your situation, right? You talk about this this concept that one kick can change a kicker's career. So can you tell us about these really high pressure situations and environments, and how you eventually learn to deal with those?
0: Yeah, that that was that was difficult. You know, f, you know, for example, when I was at the University of Pittsburgh, there was there were seven kickers on the roster. When, when I got there and I walked on, I was seventh, and I worked my way all the way up to the first in the starting position. But when I began, if I missed two in a row, I always kind of had that number in the back of my head because that's usually when you, when you get on the chopping block, so to speak. I, I figured I could be gone. Um, and early in the season, that actually happened to me. I missed an extra point and a field goal back-to-back. And then I remember going out on the field for another field goal. as was a 44-yarder against Rutgers. And I knew, like, if I miss it, this is it. My, my whole dream, it's over. And, and, and I made it. And then I remember, you know, flying home in the, on the airplane back to Pittsburgh that night thinking, just, I just try to keep telling myself, like, hey, like, you, you were down and out. Like, you know, the, you, your job was on the line, but yeah. you made it. And so there's no reason to ever fall back into that negativity again. And I actually, after, like, you know, really helped myself imprint that into my mind, I actually the, the, I, I didn't miss a kick the rest of the season until the final game when one was blocked. Um, you know, some guy got through on the lines, but it probably would have gone through. I, was, I just became that zone, and I realized that at that time, like, how important, like, the mental game is. Because I had all the skills. I could kick it straight, you know, every time. I was out there, but it was, it was the self-talk that could make or break whether I, I, I missed a kick or not.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, reading your book, that just becomes totally obvious that you know, you, even though you have the leg for it, the, the ability to do it, the physical one, if, you, if your mindset is in the right space, then you're just not going to make it. So can you share with us some of those lessons that Coach Aman shared with us at the University of Pittsburgh that really helped you transform the, the mental game?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I owe so much to uh, Coach Amos Jones. If it wasn't for him, I would have. I, I highly doubt I would have made the NFL. But he, he was like there at the perfect time for me. So when I got to the University of Pittsburgh that first year, it was also his first year. And his his background is is very fascinating. He he played and coached with. Uh, Paul Bear Bryant, who's probably like you know the most famous college football coach ever in, in, in America, and he won more national championships, won more games than anyone. And he shared the story with me one day because I was watching video and I, in his in his office, and I was actually watching a video of myself make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And he told me like you know you can't do that. You you know should certainly learn from your mistakes, but you need to imprint in your mind all the things that you can do, all your successes. And he told me the story when he was at Alabama after their game. So they play a game on Saturday and they'd come in the next day to watch film. He said, Bear Bryant, the coach would show maybe three or four plays where they made mistakes. And he'd say, okay, we need to do this to fix it. But he'd spend the rest of the film time, the next hour, hour and a half, whatever it was showing his team all their highlights. Wow. and what they did right. And he just said, like, that, that was his mentality. Like, you know, like, help the players get better, refine, but keep reinforcing what they're doing well so when they're going through their mind before the game, during the game, that it's more positivity than, than negativity. And that was, like, a game-changer for me as, as I moved forward in my career. So, like, if I missed a kick, I'd be like, well, why should I focus on missing that one kick when before this you made 12 in a row? So, so what? Like, like you're going to miss. And I use that to drive forward. And, 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 and my accuracy after uh, Amos Jones helped me with that. Every time I stepped on the field, I, I, I knew where I thought I would make the kick.
1: Wow, that, that's such a beautiful practice of really reinforcing your successes, continuously focusing them, and by that, creating more of them, right? Because you go in with that confidence. You go in with that extra certainty of knowing that, hey, I've made all of these kicks before, so I'm going to make this one as well. So I love that idea. Now, you also talk about this this concept of focusing on, on the art rather than the competition. So, so really focusing on, mm. on just yourself and not so much on – how the other guys, the other kickers, are doing. So, can you share with us how that also helped you transform your your mindset?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I love that question because I, I I know like even you know after my football career, it's so easy to get caught up in comparing, contrasting, competing, and you know that was one thing that I found was 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 super effective for me when I was in these training camp battles. It was so easy just to watch them and to root for them to miss like oh I hope this guy misses so then I win the job but there's there's nothing really uh, I guess you could say healthy about that there's nothing really positive about that that's really not doing much for myself to make the job so what I would do is just you know when they would kick I I wouldn't even watch sometimes or I would try to genuinely root them on but then I would just focus on the art of of my own craft and the the when it came to the art of of kicking, you could say it was trying to to, to be more or actually to, to think less and to, and to feel more. so when I would go practice, you know, certainly I would work on my mechanics, but I always strive to have more of a feel when I was out there so you know, I would take my three steps back and, you know, my couple steps over. So I had all the, you know, the science behind it. But the more I could just relax and the more I could just remind myself, like, hey, this is a game, this is something you love, that I was far more effective when I would go out there and turn it more into, you know, precision and um, analysis. It was like a completely different way because, you know, at that point in my career, I'd, I'd, I, the, ref- the, the, the basics were there. The only thing that would keep me from doing the basics and being successful is if I got too much in my head.
1: Ross, wow, so, so do you get that right? It's really about you know, letting all the overanalyzing and overthinking go and really stepping into flow.
0: hmm Exactly.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. love that. I, I think that's so critical for, for any kind of competitive athlete, for any you know, business person out there, for anyone that has actually mastered a skill because you were already at that level, right, where you had mastered a skill. And so then what, what all these elite guys do is like they always let go of the stuff so that in their flow state they can perform at their best and they don't sabotage themselves anymore. So I absolutely love that. Now, you talked before about sort of the, the relationships with other teammates. So, so how did that evolve over time? You know, when, you know, you're, you're essentially as a kicker, your job is really to make the shot. So was there ever, you know, how is the relationship with other players on the team that, you know, after you won or, or lost games maybe even?
0: Yeah, kickers always have a unique relationship with with their teammates. I was just wanted to be like one of the guys, so to speak. I spent – this was probably a good thing and a bad thing. It was good because I I certainly had a lot of um, good connections with with my teammates. But also what was bad was I tried to be like them in terms of like in the weight room and training. So I trained way more than I should have as a kicker, which eventually in the end – was was not so great because that's what how, why my career uh, ended prematurely because 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 of overtraining, but it's always hard for the kickers because they're looked at differently because they are not part of the you know the tackling and and the hitting, but you know th- there came a certain point especially when I was in the NFL where I was I was totally okay with that because at that point there. You know, you see what these players go through. I was, I was more than happy just being a kicker and I kind of gave up that competitive part of being, <laughs> being in the weight room trying to keep up.
1: Yeah, you know, this is such an interesting concept that the thing that, you know, it seems like initially this, this hard work and this hustle and this outworking everybody else really got you started and gave you some early wins. But then later on is actually the thing that, that, like you said, ended your career prematurely, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So it, it it certainly helped me get to where you know where I got in college. It certainly helped me get to the NFL. But what happened was once I signed with the Detroit Lions, instead of thinking, "Okay, you made it," you know, maybe slow down a little bit. Obviously, you have you know I have the skill level to be an NFL player. I I wanted to even take it to the to the to the next level. You know, knowing that at that point there, it, you know moderation would have made a lot more sense and just you know uh, you know other other ways to to train like work on the, my mental game and so forth but I kept driving the physical and would still train just as hard as I did when I was you know in high school and college but you know that point there it was it was too much and at age 25 my my body was my my hips my back were, were gone but it was just something I, 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 like I was on the hamster wheel. Like I couldn't step out. Like I always felt like, you know, I had to be better. I had to keep going, you know, without ever taking a moment to step out and say, Hey, like, you know, you, you know you're, you're, you're at the level, just work on you know, refinement and tweaking and, and, and that sort of thing. But I just, I just couldn't see it at that point in my career.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I find it so fascinating because you had all these crazy ups and downs throughout your career, right? I mean, you started out, essentially without a team, just training on your own. So can you take us back, first of all, to that moment? And, you know, in high school, like, you didn't even have a team to train, so you were just kicking for hours on your own. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was essentially self-taught, uh, yeah.
0: uh, other than just watching watching kickers on TV. You know, one of the sports I played was soccer, so that certainly helped a lot. And one of the positions I played was was, was goalkeeper, so taking – doing the goal kick was very similar to like a, like a kickoff. The technique is, is, is very similar, but I th- you know, I, I think looking back now by, by, by not playing on a team and just being on my own, because when I would be on my own kicking, I would just, you know, sling my ball bag over, over my shoulder. And I'd walk down to the uh, uh, like this dirt. It was like a dirt and gravel field. Not much to it. I was actually up there a few weeks ago. And it still looks exactly the same from the wow. 19, 1980s and um but i would just play and i think that's what it was like not being on the team you know it was it was just you know, just kicking and i would kick till the sun went down i'd kick in the winter on top of snow so to me it was always something that i just loved and just gave me great joy and i think that's what kept me going because once i got to college there was there was other kickers on the team they were done they were mentally done you know they they were actually on teams you know through, you know through high school and, you know, they're part of the whole recruiting process. And I was just this naive walk-on <laughs> that just wanted to play. And I think that gave me a huge edge over them. And so when I showed up, I wasn't very popular at all with the other kickers, they, they, and I understand why. You know, they had scholarships, they're probably promised, you know, starting position. Here's this, 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 this kid out of nowhere to take our positions, which in the end I ended up doing, but I think it was because I was just, I wanted it really, really
1: bad. Yeah, it sounds like like focusing on, on the love for the sport and really the love for, for kicking and, and engaging in activity was really what gave you sort of that competitive advantage over other guys that were maybe more in for those external rewards of, of having the scholarship or having the starting position. So, so can you talk to us about this this year 19, you know? Uh, you, you wrote about this, this equation, which is me as a giant loser when you didn't get in your first team, you fell college at the same time. So can you take us to one of those first really low moments and share maybe how you keep that dream alive when apparently the world seems to be telling you, like, no, don't do this. Yeah, that was, that
0: was definitely probably, yeah, I would say that was my lowest point, even lower when I got cut by other NFL teams because by then I'd, I was so used to when I was being cut, NFL team that I was so used to rejection, I was able to get over it much quicker. Yeah. But this was my, my first big thing of rejection. What happened was I, uh, my, my whole plan from high school, since I didn't play high school football, was to walk on to a Division one school. But when it came time to actually go to college, I th- that maybe maybe I'll just get my feet wet at a smaller school, a Division three school. So I called up the coach and said, hey, I'd like to walk on. He said, hey... Sounds good. Watch you meet me on the first day of, of of practice. I'll get your pads and so forth. Your locker. So I show up and he's not there that day. So I'm thinking, okay, there must be miscommunication. So I come back the next day, and I see the coach, and he tells me, "We don't need you." And that to me was like, wow, like What am I going to do now? Like this was everything. This was my plan that I had in place, and. And, and, and the small school, it's not even like, you know, big school, Penn State, Notre Dame, it's a smaller school saying, you know, we don't need you. We don't think you're good enough. You know, we don't, we don't need another kicker. I was watching their practice, you know, the day before, and I'm like, you know, I can, I can kick with this team. And But it just didn't matter. You know, the coach, no matter how I tried to talk him into it, he wasn't going to have it. So I just – I spent the next couple months of that semester – drinking um you know really depressed i ended up getting a dui just thinking like everything was like that was it it was shattered and it it only took you know time certainly helped me move on that but also it what really helped is when i went home and i dropped out of school i just i just started to kick again And, and and it was it was the dead of winter you know eerie uh, especially at the time, like it, it would snow and you'd see the first snow in November and you wouldn't oh, see the yeah. grass again until March or April. So but it was just getting out there and kicking. And I think it was the exercise and just doing what I loved again, you know, whether I was on a team or not, just got me to come back and, and, and to look like, hey, this isn't over. And, you know, eventually I, I, I found another small school and it was like the perfect timing. They hadn't had a, had, a, had a college football team since the end of World War II, and they were just looking to start a roster, so it was perfect. I went there, and then that's what propelled me to, to have the confidence to go to the University of Pittsburgh eventually. But I think it was just what got me through that was just, you know, not just sitting around and sulking, because when I sat around and sulked about, oh, the, you know, my situation stinks, there's, there's nothing I can do about it. But when I went out there and put into action and started practicing, like, hey, this is what you want to do, then then I was able to to get out of this you know this level of depression and and, and to move forward.
1: Yeah, you know I absolutely love the story. So can you talk to us more about this this moment of rejection? You know, you hear you're like, hey we don't need you, we don't want you, right? you 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 don't have a place on our team and then then you know you first go back to, to this this way that that most people go to, right? It's like drinking and sitting around and sulking and singing our butts, right? But like, what compelled you then? And also later on when you got better at really dealing with rejection, how do you move on from those failures and those challenges and be like, okay, I'm gonna just go and try again?
0: Yeah, I I think it was, you know, over time as I had multiple failures, I realized that they were just part of the process. And then I needed that because once I went to the University of Pittsburgh and tried out, I'd already been, you know, rejected by the one school, and I had some other rejections along the way, and so it just it, it just built up resilience, and then I realized like, hey, like if if any rejection happens again, it's okay. You're going to build up the resilience, and and I certainly felt that once the NFL came, and and I was on my first team, I was with the Detroit Lions, and after um, towards the end of training camp, they cut me. I I got over really quick because I knew like, hey, you've, you've bounced back before. This is no big deal. Now, I, at some point, you know, I kept getting cut. And I kept bouncing back, keep going. But at some point there, when my body was in such bad shape, it wasn't so much like, hey, you're resilient, keep going. It was like, hey, there's, there's something else going on here. You're not listening to your body and like you're all beat up. And so then I learned this lesson of like, yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. But if it starts to cost you your your mental health and and now your your physical health you know it's where you, you don't have to keep going <laughs> so that yeah. was interesting thinking like yeah yeah keep going keep going but there there is a certain point where okay it's not healthy to keep going
1: yeah for sure that seems so interesting because it, it really seems like you know during your time at the calls you realize first of all those those physical issues obviously if your your body simply giving in but then also those mental issues, and you, you, you talk in your book about, you know, the NFL playing there, your, your long-term, years-long dream, not actually bringing you the happiness that you thought it would. So can you talk to us about this this mental side of things and and why it didn't actually bring you the happiness that you thought it would? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, you know, for many years when I was thinking, okay, but I'm playing the NFL, you know, playing the Super Bowl, all that good stuff, and I always thought that that would be – would make me happy. Not only like would I be able to play in the NFL, then you know, everything would work out perfectly. I'd have a family, I'd have this amount of money, I'd have have this this car, and you know, I I wouldn't have to be worried about a job after my NFL career because I'd you know make all this money while I was there. So that was that was like at some points that was like packaged into my mind thinking how how it would go. And that's like who I always thought I would be. Um when it didn't go that way, it was it, it was a really wake-up call for me thinking that you know like you're, you're not always going to have or very rarely control and you're going to have to like live with uncertainty and i always felt like up until when my career ended that i i could i could have control over the situation and that i could always make things work out exactly the the, the way i wanted to them through just like working hard and determination and yes for sure that got me really far but then i learned at some point you know it's going to be okay your life isn't going to have this perfect beginning middle and end it, there's yeah. going to be times where you're going to be like you know oh no now what and, it, and that's going to be okay because that could lead to a better opportunity and in, in the long run it, it did for me like it, 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 if i I would have had a longer career. I, I, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I would have, who knows where they've gone and, and, and you know, everything's still worked out and we, you know, I realized I don't always need to have a plan.
1: Yeah. I think that's so important. Realizing that. Yeah. Like you say, you don't need a plan. And then sometimes even if the plan we have actually fails, we're still going to be okay. Like things are going to be okay. And we're, we're going to find a new way, make a new plan in our lives that will keep getting us further. Exactly. Talk, yeah. So you talk about this, the, the ability to love, you know, you had your first daughter. So can you share with us that moment and this sort of transition from, you know, seeking achievements and then to, you know, really focusing on your ability to just love your family?
0: Yeah, that, that was like one of the greatest moments for me when, when my first daughter was born. And, you know, up until that time, I was super self-centered. It was all about me and my goal and my f- football. And, you know, her birth couldn't have came at a at a better time and, and when it when when we found out we were gonna have we we're gonna be a family, it was it was hard for both of us. My my wife had also just graduated from college and she had plans to be a school teacher in New York City. I had my plans for football, it was all gonna work out. And then for her it was like, whoa, like so now she had to redirect and you know, I had to, you know, how is this going to work with football? And so at the time we thought, wow, this is, this is so tough. This is going to be so hard. But, you know, we, once, once it all happened, it was like the, the most amazing thing ever, you know, you know, the day she was born, it just completely changed how I looked at it. It's like, you know, life, You know, it's not all about me There there's, there's, there's other people. And it was like, you know, I, 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 I'm not here just to live for myself and, and, and my I might goal the NFL, which is nice, but it's you know it's not making not make much of a difference in the world. <laughs> and so that that was like the first nudge for me, you know, to open up like that there's that that that, that, that you know, I can I'm I'm here for other people. So that was that 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 that, that was like I don't know if it was a crack or, or floodgate, but whatever it was, that that certainly changed the trajectory of of how I started to to, to look at look at things. In my capacity to to love more than just just football.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah. <laughs> now after love this, and it really seems like that was also the the start of this next chapter of your life, the the whole yoga chapter. So can you share with us, you know, how how first of all your wife got you into it, and and how things have been going for you so far. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it took her many years to get. Yeah. There, she she uh she was a pioneer. So in like in the mid '90s, when I was playing uh, professional football and I had these injuries, she started to take up yoga. And the, re- and the reason why she took up yoga is because when she was pregnant, she got really really down, depressed because her her course um uh her her plan had now changed, and so she wasn't feeling good about herself because her friends were you know in in New York City and they had these exciting jobs. And you know, she was, you know, that, that wasn't happening for her. So she started to, to to practice, and she said, "Hey, why don't you do yoga? It's going to help you with your back." And I was just like, "No way!" Because for me at that point, it was whenever you had an injury in football, it was like you'd take giant painkillers, you'd take muscle relaxants, relaxants, and most importantly, you just fight through the pain. That, that, that's, that's what it was. You played with pain. You had an injury. Does it matter? You just, you just kept going. So I was like, no way am I doing this, 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 this wimpy yoga stuff. Uh, of course she, she was right. And when my career eventually ended and my, my body was in bad shape, there got to a point where I just felt like I had nothing to lose. I might as well try it. Cause I, I, I still tried some other conventional therapies. Nothing was working. And I started to do yoga on a regular basis, taking her class all the time. And within a few months, my back felt much better. I almost got had this crazy idea where I'd try to make a comeback in the NFL. I felt so good. But but the best part about it was the more I practiced yoga, then I started to realize it had benefits beyond the physical. And then it had these, uh, for me, these amazing mental benefits. And one thing that I struggled with when my NFL career ended was I was stuck, uh, like, in the, with feelings of regret and looking into the past, like oh, if, if I were to train less, you'd still be in the NFL. And I'd, I'd beat myself up. I'd say all these things to myself, like you know what, you know that was so stupid of you to to keep training like that. You know, you time. But the more I practiced yoga and did the meditation, it just was something that I'd never done for myself. Was just to you know breathe. And to not push and to not press and, and not compete and it took a while for me to to, to realize that or, or to experience that in yoga because when i first would practice yoga i would just push and press and compete and look around yes they bring the you know, same, same these, competitive you know, mindset like <laughs> yeah Exactly. So it took me a while to get out of that. And when I started to breathe, then, then, then the mental benefits, the, uh, the mind benefits started to happen. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a practice that can, that's really helping me. And because it helped me so much, that's what fast forwarded you know, to where I am today, where for the last 20 years, I've been teaching it because I, I know what it did for me. And so I just teach it hoping that you know, the people that come to my classes can you know, get their unique benefit out of it as well
1: yeah Virginia I absolutely love this, especially I think this this waking up that's happening is but amongst the elite athletes also they're realizing the self care whether it is you know meditation whether it is you know just just pure yoga whatever it is is actually crucial necessary for recovery so that like like you right like you get through those injuries and, and you're really able to heal your body more effectively and faster and quicker really so you're able to play again. And I think there's such an important movement that's really happening. So can you show me the, the, your, your biggest insights that you've gained over, over the years around like how do you actually you know, make, create an effective yoga practice for, for our listeners and, and actually make it sustainable?
0: yeah i i mean like you said like it's 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 changed dramatically like when i was first into it like you know athletes weren't doing yoga or meditation was too far out there but now you know lebron james meditates you know kobe bryant was a big meditator i mean it's 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 mainstream out there and it's we used to think it was just certain people did it but it it can really be for 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 anyone you know my wife and i at our studios we, we try to preach that uh that philosophy, no matter like your body type or your injuries, the key is just to finding a an approach to your yoga practice where you don't bring in competition, where you don't push, and you just you do the movements that 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 work for your body. And we always say like when you practice yoga, it, it, it's like you're practicing living. And so like going yeah. back to my you know first experience when I'd go to my yoga mat. I was still in that world of competition. I was so addicted to that. So I, so I would drive and I'd push and I'd press. And, and at first I would even get more injuries while I was doing yoga. And so wow. I think, you know, what, you know, everyone learns something different on yoga when they practice yoga, but you know, the, 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 it, it's so hard to explain and put it to words, but I think when we start to move our body and we start to breathe, we just start to have these little, little lessons that pop up. Like, you know, like you're, you're, you're in a pose and you're starting to like twist. And then you look over at someone next to you, you see they're twisting more. Like, you know, what do you do? Like what goes in your mind? You think, Oh, I want to twist as much as them. And if you do think that that's okay, you just notice that like, Oh, then you remind yourself, you try to remind yourself, Hey, it's okay. I'm just twisting as far as I can twist and that that's okay. And you know, it's a different philosophy for a lot of us, you know, in the West, it's always more, 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 no pain, no gain. So when we all first do yoga, it that's, there's usually that natural, it takes a while to work through all those, all those habits, but then we start to have these discoveries. And then over time, then, you know, the hope is if we can have, we can find a balanced yoga practice and then we can be more balanced in in, in our lives. That's, 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 that's the hope easier said (laughs) than done. I mean, that's why, you know, it's constant practice, but it's certainly the possibilities exist there for us to, you know, discover more about ourselves while we, do yoga or or and or meditate
1: yeah i love that especially this part about yoga really being a practice for life so do you have any other lessons they've learned through yoga you know other than a you know sort of non-competition aspect and focusing on yourself that really also served you well in general life
0: yeah i think that the biggest lesson that I, I i learn each day whenever i do yoga is just being in the present moment you know for example um, you know, I, I, you know, I get an email from like a supplier that all of a sudden something's gone wrong and, and, you know, everything's fallen apart with the, with the business and I, I'm stuck now, I'm obsessed on it. I start to make it like a bigger deal than what it is, but then I go practice yoga and I start to breathe and I start to move and it's like, Hey, okay, I'm in the present moment. You know, there's, there's nothing I can do about that right now you know, I'll get back to that, you know, that supplier later, or whatever it may be. But I think that's it for me is just being more in the present moment. Um, you know, w- when I'm with my kids, there'll be times where you know, I'll be having a conversation with them. But I-, I notice I'm not truly listening to them. I'm maybe like reloading. Like I have a thought that I'm about to say to them. So I'm not really listening to them or um, I, I, I got the, the the football game on the radio. So they're talking to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to listen to the football game over them. And so, but the more I practice yoga, the more I can increase my awareness of, of noticing when I start to do that, when I start to go into these places that are either in the past or in the future. And then over time, Um, you know, it's something that I can, like, it's like a skill that I can, I can get better at. So I think that's like the, the the biggest lesson for me that I can learn and, and strengthen and grow every, every, every time I I, I do yoga or or spend time meditating.
1: Yeah. I love that. So, you know, if you could go back to the eight year old version of yourself that just started out playing that just set this dream of, I want to play in the NFL. What would be some of those lessons that you would impart upon those, that younger version of yourself? Oh yeah. I mean, th- my, my eight year old self just didn't seem to care about anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he just was, was in the present moment. Actually, it was, it was funny that you asked that because like one of the, the, the when I was trying out for the New York Jets, it was the third team that I was trying to, or my, my third stop in the NFL. And I was, remember the night before I was in the hotel room and I was really starting to doubt myself for a while. Like, okay, this is it. You know, like you've already been with two other teams and if you don't latch onto this team, like it's over. And that was like my conversation lying in my hotel bed. But I remember making a shift of, of going back and thinking about like why I was doing this. And that was, you know, my, my eight-year-old self. I remember like thinking back, like when I'd go down the field and kick and play with my dad and throw the football around, like, this, this is why you're doing this. You're doing this because, you know, yes, like you'll be able to, to make, you know, like a living and support your family, but it's because it's your passion. And the next day when I tried out for the jets for this one day tryout, I had the, the best workout <sighs> of, of my life. I, I kicked like, I was, I was able to go beyond 60 yards and they'd either go through the goalpost or if I missed, they still had the distance. I was just completely in the zone. It was crazy. Cause I didn't even kick that well you know, a few days before, back in Pittsburgh, before I got on the plane to go for the tryout, but it was just, this, 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 this small shift and just how I looked at it. instead of this, like, Oh, like, you know, putting all this pressure on myself, like, you have to make this. It was just like, just, Hey, just have fun. Like, who cares? Like you just, just let it rip. And that was like, you know, I still look back at that day thinking that it wasn't even a tryout. It was just, it was, I was just playing. I was just <laughs> kicking a football for, for an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, it's so fascinating to me how oftentimes we sabotage ourselves and actually worse now performance by, by overthinking and by focusing too much on these external results that we want to achieve. And it, it really seems like the moment that you let go of that, the moment you step into flow and you step into fun and you, you bring back this childish joy around you know, why you started in the first place, and it seems like that's also what then catapult, catapults your, your performance real to the next level. So I absolutely love that. Now, if you could give our listeners just, you know, one challenge or one action step to take away from this today, what would be that one thing?
0: Yeah, I I think a great action step for, you know, whatever you do. Do, um sports um, business is 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 stepping away and finding something where you can just you know i know i'm talking a lot about yoga and meditation but, but something that allows you just to have some headspace and to breathe i just think a lot of times we get stuck in in, in you know like you know on the, on the hamster wheel and the race and when when we're always in our heads that like cuts off our creativity cuts off like any space in our minds for for possibility opportunity spontaneity and it's just you know committing each day to something whether it's yoga meditation uh, taking a run in a park like being out in nature is great and you know uh, hiking whatever it is but i think giving us those times where we can just decompress really helps us to you know stay you know experience more more times like you said like like in the flow because it's when we're in that that structured regimen each day of work business whatever it is it's it's very it can be very difficult but when we can step away that's where like those ideas can come in i know even for me writing this book when i would sit down okay i'm gonna wake up this morning and it's seven o'clock i'm gonna start writing the book and sometimes quite often when I came in with the structured time, nothing would happen. I'd just sit there look at the pages, but then I'd go for a, a, I'd go for a walk through the park and while I'm on the walk, I'm like, Oh, how about this? How about this? You know, and all these things would start to come to me and I'd come back and I'd have all this new material, but it was just the act of, I had to like get away from it to, 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 to get those, 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 those sparks of creativity and, and, and clarity.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think that's so important. Now, before it's my final question, where can listeners connect with you online and find your book?
0: Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, my website is, is seanconley.net. Um, just like my name is spelled, S-E-A-N-C-O-N-L-E-Y.net. And on there, uh, there's, there's different links you can buy from all the different sellers, of the book. And there's also some yoga and meditation resources, if, if anyone has any interest in, in like, uh, like videos and how-to of, of that nature.
1: Awesome. Now, what does it mean for you to max out your life
0: Oh, uh, to max out my life. Yeah, I, I think that would mean to just, you know, to, to, to be in the present moment as much as possible. I know for me, like, man, I get so easy for me to like, oh, you know, I should have done that regret, but like, you know, constantly remind myself like, hey, this is it. You know, this is, this is, you know, there, there's miracles happening now right now and so like you know the past is the past of course yeah have have goals and dreams for the future but not worry about the future it's as 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 much as possible just you know like just being grateful for being right here now would be to max out for me
1: love that john thank you so much for coming on the show absolutely thank you max all right guys that's it for today I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gained some valuable ideas, tips, tools, tricks, mindsets, belief systems that will hopefully inspire you to take your life to the next level. At the end of the day, guys, it's all about application. The only thing that's going to set you apart tomorrow from where you are today is how much action you take with those ideas that you gained. And so I really want to challenge you at this point to you know, not just listen to this passively, to not just consume this, you know, passively just... Think about other things, but to really take those lessons, take those ideas that you just gained, and start applying them to your life, to really start taking action and sprinting towards those goals and those dreams that you have in your life. Now guys, at this point, I wanna ask you for a huge favor. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes and leaving a review, as that helps me really grow the show and reach more people, impact even more people around the world. You know if you have a family member, a friend, a loved one maybe that you think could benefit from this content, please consider, you know, sharing it with them, forwarding to them as that helps us really build a community of like-minded people that are all about maxing out their lives. Now guys, with that being said, thanks so much for tuning in today. I really really appreciate it. Stay strong and see you tomorrow.